Well, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of Let's Read the Bible, a podcast where we go through the Bible book by book in a way that is deep, but also easy to understand. If you would like to follow along, you can download the YouVersion Bible app and subscribe to the Solid Life Whole Bible Reading Plan. We also have physical reading plans available in the lobby every Sunday. Yeah, and with this, if you have any questions that you'd like to get answered about the Bible, email your questions to info at grove.church. Uh, we can't get to every single question, but we do our best um, to answer all of them in our Q&A episodes, which uh, drop the last Friday of every single month. Um, so once again, that's uh, info at grove.church. You can also message us on Facebook find us in the lobby, whatever. We want to get your questions. Um, but with that, let's hop into this week's Bible reading. All right. So we are in, uh, we're, we're actually starting the book of first Samuel this week, which is really exciting. I love the book of first Samuel. Um, it's a really interesting narratively driven book. It's kind of an easier read, but it's also densely packed with lessons that we can learn. Um, so let's just talk about it here a little bit. One interesting thing, uh, the books of First and Second Samuel are actually uh, one book, and so you know when we think of First and Second, for instance, we just went through First and Second Thessalonians. Those are two separate letters that Paul sent over a period of time. First and Second Samuel are really one; it's really one long book, but because of the length of scrolls at that time, they had to separate into two. Yeah. <laughs> so you get it with, uh, you know. First and second Samuel is like this. First and second Kings is also like this. And first and second Chronicles is like that. It's just the way it is. Um, I read the other day, this is a total just nerdy side fact, but uh, apparently J.R.R. Tolkien wanted The Lord of the Rings to be one big book. And his publisher talked him out of it because of... Because that'd be like 4,000 pages. Well, yeah, because of length <laughs> and then because of um, cost of pages, how oh. much the book would cost. And so it's not exactly the same, but it's kind of it's kind of similar in that, you know, it's one large story told over a couple of It bucks. wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't talk about Lord of the Rings, Braveheart, or something that doesn't... Listen, it's not my fault. I love great <laughs> stories. Um, so anyway, uh, moving forward though, First Samuel has three main characters in it, and it tells their three stories um, almost to completion with the exception of one. So first character, obviously Samuel. That's who the book is named after. Um, it's really named after to honor him because the books are written anonymously. We don't know who the author is. Um, we know that... Even if Samuel wrote a portion of the book, he most likely did not write – not most likely. He didn't write the whole thing because uh, parts of the book take place after he dies. Yeah. So he obviously did not write those. Um, but it talks about the birth of Samuel uh, through the rise of Samuel. Samuel actually becomes the last judge of Israel. So remember we went through the judges last time. He becomes the last one. Uh, and then it talks about the rise and ultimately the fall of King Saul. So King Saul is the first king of Israel. Um, he starts off really strong, does not end very strong. Um, and we'll talk more about that as we're going through the book. And then it also talks about the rise of uh, David to power. So it doesn't complete a story. Second Samuel is really concerned with the reign of David. Uh, but first Samuel talks about, you know, why David getting anointed as king, uh, David becoming king when Saul dies. First Samuel is very uh it's concerned with those themes. Uh, and then I would say that the book of first Samuel, and when I say, I would say, I would say, you know, scholars would say that it can be divided up into three separate portions. And so you have, um, and, and many of them are actually transitions to power transitions of power. So the first portion is the transition from Eli to Samuel. So Eli is the judge at the time that Samuel is born. Um, it's really a miracle that Samuel is born. His parents actually give him to the temple to be trained up as a priest. And so it's about the transition of power from Eli to Samuel. And the second part of the book is about the transition of power from Samuel to Saul. 
And so, again, the people of Israel say that they want a king. They don't want a judge. And so Samuel, uh, God appoints Saul as king. And then the third section of the book is the transition of power from Saul to David. And we really see the fall of Saul, like we talked about, and then really we learn more about who David is. Uh, one thing I wanted to highlight in the book of First Samuel, we have a little bit less going on in the podcast this week, so I feel like we can we can intro the book and do a highlight. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, after the chaotic period of the judges, Israel wanted a king, and God gives them a king. Uh, but he gives them a king, and it's, it's really interesting when you read about it. He gives them a king who looks great in the eyes of people. Like when the Bible describes Saul, it talks about how he's taller than everyone else. And he's a handsome guy and he's really strong, like all these different things. And so you just look at him and you're like, you know, he's like the rock or what, I don't know who, like whoever the modern guy is. Right. You just like, look at him like, you know what? Probably the rock. Probably the rock. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You just look at him and you're like, lead me like wherever I I will follow you into darkness, sir. And so that's who um, God chooses as King. And, And really what we see, especially with hindsight is that it's God teaching them a lesson that being King and being a leader is not about looking the part. It's about having the call of God on your life. And in fact, see the judges, remember, um, most of the judges were not like really well put together people. In fact, mm-hmm. most of them were just called by God. And even in the midst of, you know, Gideon comes to mind where he says, um, I'm the least member in my household and my household is the least of the tribe of Benjamin, which is the least of the tribes. And yeah. God's like, well, hey, I'm, I'm picking you. And so it's just a really great thing. Um, that's what's going on. And I wanted to read First uh, Samuel verses, chapter 8, verses 5 through 22, where the people of Israel actually uh, begin to demand a king. And so here's how it goes. And the people said to him, which is Samuel, behold, you're old, which that's, <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now appoint for us a king to judge us like all the nations. But the thing displeased Samuel when they said, give us a king to judge us. And Samuel prayed to the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, obey the voice of the people and all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me from being king over them. According to the deeds that they have done from the day I brought them up out of Egypt, even to this day, forsaking me and serving other gods. So they are, so they are also doing to you. And so it's this interesting portion where, Israel says, we don't want judges. We don't want people who God just raises up. We want a king like everyone else, right? We don't want to have to wait for times of trouble and then God delivers us. We want a king who is always king. He's going to be king forever, right? Or at least until he dies. Um, And it's this interesting conversation, I think. It almost sounds like... um, like a grandparent talking to a parent a little bit, which obviously this isn't a perfect analogy, but like if a parent is struggling with kids, um, you know, rejecting them in their teenage years, let's say, and they're talking to their parents and saying, oh, listen, the same thing happened with you. And and Samuel says, you know, like God, they're wanting a king. And God says, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting me. And then, but he also says, you know, the leadership that they're rejecting right now is kind of like the, it's what they've done to me as well. Mm-hmm. So it's a really interesting parallel. And so even then, moving forward uh, in verse 9, Now then, obey their voice, only you shall solemnly warn them and show them the ways of the king that shall reign over them. And so he says, you know, Samuel, need to warn the people. So Samuel told all the words of the Lord to the people who were asking for a king. And he said, these will be the ways of the king who will reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them to his chariots and to be his horsemen and to run before his chariots. And he will appoint for himself commanders of thousands and commanders of fifties. 
and some to plow his ground and reap his harvest to make his implements and of war and the equipment of his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers and cooks and bakers. He will take the best of your fields and vineyards and olive orchards and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of your grain and of your vineyards and give it to officers and to his servants. He will take your male servants and female servants and the best of your young men and your donkeys and put them to work. He will take the tenth of your flocks and you shall be his slaves. And in that day you will cry out because of your king whom you have chosen for yourselves, but the Lord will not answer you that in that day. But the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel, and they said, No, but there shall be a king over us. Then we also may be like all the nations, and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And when Samuel heard the words of the people, he repeated them in the ears of the Lord. And the Lord said to Samuel, Obey their voice and go make them a king. Samuel then said to Israel, go every man to his city. Hmm. And it's just it's just an incredible picture where God has, and again, we read in Judges, is it a chaotic period? Absolutely. But God delivers his people time and time again. And yeah. oftentimes, they're not oftentimes, they're only in trouble when they reject God. And yet here they are rejecting God again. And instead of really appreciating the freedom that God has given us, given them where they can pretty much rule over themselves for the most part. And then when the time comes, God raises up someone to protect them. They're saying, no, we want someone to rule over us at all times. And then I think the the key verse there is when they say, um, we want a king to go forward and fight our battles for us. Yeah. And it's no longer about God fights our battles. We want a king to go fight our mm-hmm. battles. And so we're going to see um, as we keep going through Samuel, we're going to see how that goes for yeah, them. Not, not well. Not well. Shocker. But no, I love it. Um, and I think the verse that stands out to me is that it's, they say, we want to be like every other nation. Yeah. And that's such a, man, this, like things haven't changed in the human condition. Like we all want to be like other people, but God has uniquely gifted all of us. Um, but sometimes we compromise that and we want to just be like everyone else. Yeah. But um, once again, though, we are actually reading the Gospel of Matthew. And um, as we read this book, I just want to remember the context of who it was written to. And um, I do believe this does open our eyes and it does help us understand it a little bit better. Um, and so today we're we're going to be um, kind of reintroducing Matthew and we're going to highlight um, yeah, just as chapter a, one. As a reminder, our Bible reading plan that we're going through this year, we read through all the New Testament books yeah. twice. Yep. So in case you forgot about that. Yep. So this book was written in um, 85 AD, which uh, puts it in very close proximity to the life of Jesus within about 50 years. Um, and Matthew wrote this um, for the Jewish community who um, was in conflict with Pharisaic Judaism that dominated uh, the Jewish life in this post-war period with Rome. Um, and because of this um, audience, Matthew basically opens up talking about the genealogy of Jesus and fulfills, um, basically to say, hey, Jesus fulfilled the prophecy um, that he is a direct descendant of the house of David. Um, and, you know, and and we find this in 2 Samuel, I'm not going to hop right into it, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, uh, verses 12 through 14, um, there's an awesome just kind of parallel um, there of, you know, the king is going to rise from um, you know, into power and get basically help everybody and, and heal them and, and all this. But uh, Matthew one seventeen and remember, um, genealogies are very important to the Jewish community. Genealogies it, it helps you track your lineage. It helps you track you know the house that you're from or the tribe that you're from. It's very important. So Matthew opens up. He sets it up 
perfectly to say this is why Jesus is important because he was prophesied before and now he has come from the line of David and now he has done all these amazing things. He died, he rose again, he ascended into heaven. This is who it is. So he starts off by just giving the genealogy and sometimes we can skip over these because it's not like good reading. Yeah, or, and instinctively sometimes I do. Yeah, <laughs> I right? feel convicted about it. But I want to just take a few moments and I want to read it. Because um, I think it's important for us to just understand this as we see that he's writing to a Jewish context and, you know, genealogies are important. And it says this in verse 1, and we're reading 1 through 17, but it'll be quick. Don't worry. The book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac was the father of Jacob. Jacob was the father of Judah and his brothers. And Judah was the father of Perez and Zerah by Tamar. And Perez was the father of Hezron, and Hezron was the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Aminadab, right? Aminadab? Aminadab? Aminadab. One of the two. Got it. And Aminadab was the father of Nashlon, Nashon, and Nashon was the father of Salmon, and Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. So he just started in these first few verses, he established that this lineage is going through King David, yeah. which is to fulfill a prophecy found in the Old Testament. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam. I can never say that one. Father of Abijah, and Abijah was the father of Asaph, and Asaph was the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat was the father of Joram, and Joram was the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah was the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah was the father of Manasseh. Manasseh was the father of Amos. Amos, the father of Josiah. Josiah, the father of Jehokniah, something like that. Sure. Yeah, something like that. And was the father of Sheltiel. Sheltiel was the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of... of man, I should have really like phonetically typed all <laughs> these words out. Abuid, the father of Elikim, and Elikim, the father of Azor, and Azar, the father of Zadok, Zadok, the father of Achim, Achim, the father of Eliud, 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 <laughs> the father of Eleazar, Eleazar, the father of Matin, Mathen, Mathen, the father of Jacob, and Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. Thank you. Thank no you. Thank you. So all three generations from Abraham to David. Uh, excuse me, all of the generations from Abraham to David were 14 generations, and from David to the deportation of – deportation – sorry, I don't know why I can't read this right now – to Babylon was 14 generations, and from the deportation of Babylon to Christ was 14 generations. And this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And so often, like we just mentioned, we pass over these things, but if we actually take time to understand context and to understand why this was written, the scriptures comes to life. And what he's saying here is this is why this guy Jesus is important because he's not just somebody who has done these great works. He also has fulfilled the prophecies that the savior of Israel is going to come from the line of David. And I know a lot of us who listen to this, we kind of know that, but it's also a great reminder of as we read Matthew, read it with that, that lens of being, um, 
a Jewish believer who is close in proximity of um, the life of Christ, but also to Jerusalem, the central cultural hub of the Jewish people. And I do believe that when we do that, these scriptures truly do come to life even more. And so that's like the only thing I got from this week. Um, I just wanted us to kind of come from that foundation and that lens so we can read um, Matthew properly. Um, but we also have a Psalms highlight today. Um, and Evan is actually going to take the reins on a psalm highlight Wow. Today. How about that? Wow. It is funny how it always works out that it's you. Uh, no, I think, yeah, it's great. A couple things I want to point out about the genealogy really fast before we move on is uh, remember when it says that uh, Boaz is the father of Obed, who's the father of Jesse, who's the father of David. Those are the characters that we read about in Ruth. Um, and yep. so something really beautiful comes from that. And also, I think it's really interesting that um, really the darkest point, and we're going to get to this as we're going through uh, the books of Samuel really the darkest point of David's life is uh, his sin with Bathsheba. And I think it's really interesting that in the genealogy, they don't actually name Bathsheba. They just say, call him the wife of Uriah. And so um, for what that's worth, I think it's still kind of this weird, interesting rejection of David's sin. And at the same time, realizing like, you know, God shows grace um, in the midst of all. And in fact, Jesus comes from a line of, uh, you know, Rahab's in there, uh, David and Uriah, or David and Bathsheba are in there. There's a lot of sin in the line of Jesus, and something really beautiful comes from that, which just speaks to God's sovereignty over everything. Yeah. Uh, our psalm this week, and we're just going to do a really quick highlight of this. It's in Psalm 144, and I think there's just two verses. Um, and I'm like I said, I'm just going to take a couple minutes on this, but I think it's a really important thought for us to have in mind. Uh, psalm 144, verses 3 through 4, and it says this, O Lord... What is man that you regard him, or the son of man that you think of him? Man is like a breath. His days are like passing shadow. And what an incredible thing to think about, because I think so often we we don't put our faith in perspective, and it really is incredible that the all-powerful, omnipresent God of the universe cares about us and loves us. And I love this verse where it just says, who am I? that you are mindful of me, I guess is another way of saying it. There's a famous song that I actually really like called I am a friend of God, where it just kind of goes through it. But there is something really incredible to think about putting ourselves into perspective, how small we are in the universe, how small we are with everything. And yet God loves us. He's mindful for us. And I hope that encourages someone today that, as we're reading through the Bible, we're reading through all of these, you know, great heroes of the faith. We're reading about these incredible works that God has accomplished, all these different things. And just remember that God is mindful of you. Mm-hmm. God loves you. Yeah. And it's it's just an incredible truth that I think too often we skip over. Well, that uh that wraps it up for yeah. another episode. This one's a little bit shorter, so uh hopefully you're, you're welcome. Yeah, hopefully you enjoyed <laughs> it. We had a, a little bit less to go over. Um just a reminder that we are a podcast of the Grove Church, but we're not the only podcast of the Grove Church. If you want to check out our other resources, you can do so uh, on our website, which is grove.church. Uh, and also, if you've been enjoying the podcast, do us a favor, leave a review. Uh, me and Connor love reading them, and we really appreciate your kind words. Honestly, you guys are amazing. Uh, but when you leave reviews and you know leave ratings, it helps get the podcast out there to more people. It helps grow this community of people reading the Bible together, which honestly I think is, is just a beautiful thing. Uh, With that being said, we will see you all next week.